This Geeks with Kids episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash geekswithkids. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Vote for, <laughs> vote for the monkey. Well, you could vote for the Green Party, which is about as effectual as voting for Harambe. To be like, yeah, it, and it would be so nice to like be like, you know what? They're gonna make a difference one day because I really believe and I really line up more with like with like a Green Party philosophy. <laughs> but then it's like you're lucky if you have one representative out of how many? Was it one? One and change? No. I don't even know. But, anyway. but it's, it. it's it's basically it's ineffectual. You're you're like the you're like the one stormtrooper who recognizes that hey, this armor is not doing anything, and we need target practice. Yeah. Can we can we can we seriously schedule some target practice this week? No, I I don't understand why why we need to work on our communication skills. We we need target practice right now. Yeah, no, you you're right. It's I think the problems are very incredibly evident as to what actually is the problem in most of the western world. And it's corporate money's gone crazy. Mm-hmm. They're constantly pushing down the little people. They're constantly taking away and the government has friends in big large business with lots of money. And they're pulling money away from things like health care. I mean, we need to help our sick. We need to help our, our help our veterans. And a lot of people, like I've been accused, had people accuse me of being like, oh, you hate the troops. Actually, I have lots of – I have friends who have long-term psychological issues because of the stuff they did for the military. And I support them so much. And they're necessary, but – they they don't get utilized in the right way when they come back. They don't get taken care of in the right way. Mm-hmm. It's everybody's just looking out to see who they can lash at, lash out at. You know what I mean? Like again, it's one of those things. They need direction. They need focus. They need somebody to turn to. And seriously, do we want to turn to a world leader who is a sexist, who's racist, and? any kind of ist in between like for me oh my god like the biggest thing about his speech that totally was like a red alert klaxon going off was when he was uh, speaking about how we're not only going to bring it back to america but we're going to start rebuilding infrastructure roads businesses and stuff like that and i'm like did you not hear hitler's speech in Germany in the 1930s when he said, you know what? Yeah, we got our, you know, we got our butts kicked, but we're going to rebuild our roads. We're going to rebuild our infrastructure, our economy, our businesses. We're going to make Germany mean something again. And I was like, oh, dear God, I, I see a giant black hole opening up and just the United States getting sucked into it. And from there, just... The ocean's rushing in, and Canada and Mexico now have new oceanfront property. Uh, it yeah, hurts. it's terrifying. It having done ancient history, he reminds me so much of a Nero or a Caligula. Oh, Just well said. His complete and utter ability to 
see the blatantly obvious, to think or act rationally in any kind of way whatsoever. I just, it's frankly, it's terrifying. Oh, it's it's, it's like, like we've given the, it's, it's like, like we've, we've given the keys to the car and the keys to the house to a two year old who just figured out what the internet is. Yeah, like it, it's a teen. No, it's a teenager. It's so. Oh man, that's awesome! I can't wait to see what that uh, what that house party is going to look like. <laughs> and Obama walks back in for a second and is like, "Hey, I forgot. Hey, wait a minute. Where did these cakes come from?" <laughs> oh man! All right. And on that note, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Geeks with Kids, the weekly podcast that talks about all things parenty, geeky, and probably a lot more geeky stuff than that anyway so i'm your host tonight uh, aaron and uh, joining us is one of our semi-regular geese with kid uh, co-hosts uh, mark how you doing tonight mark oh not too shabby worn out from parenting and geeking but all good yeah you were saying uh, you were saying to me before that uh, you're getting ready for uh kid number two Number two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Countdown is on. End of May, supposedly. So. Oh yeah. So, what are some of the what are some of the big plans that you guys have been working on? Or we're trying not to have too many big plans. I think one of the things we learned with the first one was, if you aim way too high, it never ends up happening because there's so much. There's just so much. Those like right before the baby comes and right after the baby comes. So I think we're kind of more on the keep it simple, stupid method this time. Right on. Which might might help in the long run. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you've noticed a definite change in attitude already even before baby number two is here that (laughs) you're kind of already in that second child groove of, oh, we're going to take it easy. I, I don't know if it's we'll take it easy. I think it's more we can we know what's coming this time. You know, yeah. like as much as people will tell you, you're never really aware what to prepare for. But this time it's like, okay, well, we want to do the kids' room. So we'll get that done a few months ahead of time instead of just before the baby comes or yeah. things like that. And yes. So do you have a theme in a baby room all laid out? Is it Lego, Star Wars? What are you doing? <laughs> we are – I. Right now we're just painting it. I don't yeah. think I don't think we might put up some little animal stickers or something, so that, yeah, that's yeah. about it for now. But Nice. Well done. And uh yeah, we're hoping that uh, Eric will come and join us uh, shortly. He's uh uh doing what we all do best and that's being an awesome uh parent. So Eric, if you can uh, hear us, Godspeed, uh, sir, and uh May uh, may bedtimes be very very smooth for you because they're never smooth a hundred percent of the time, or like they say in uh, or like they say in was it Anchorman? It's sixty sixty percent effective all of the time, kind of thing. But have you like what were some of your like experiences, Mark, in bedtime routines uh, with your uh, with your first uh, with your daughter? Uh, like what? Um, like was it good? Was it smooth? Was it actually our little one going to bed was super easy, and everybody got really annoyed because she once you convince her that it's bedtime, she's kind of okay with it. We give her a little story and sing her a little song and give her a hug, and that's about it. Like there's yeah. no. I know some of the other parents we both know have had 
massive bedtime battles and yeah but ours has always been pretty good at going to bed and staying there so oh nice yeah it's a blessing so you know she's totally suckered you in for the you told you know she's totally suckered you in for the second one right yeah there's probably gonna be about 10 minutes of sleep at a time with the next one is what oh yeah. oh take it when you can get it yeah exactly yeah. So, but anyway, so, um, yeah, one of the, t- one of the big topics that we're going to try and give a rundown of, uh, tonight is all about the, uh, the new Logan, uh, trailer that has, uh, landed a couple of days ago. Um, did you get a chance to see it or? I have seen in the last, the, the newest one I've seen, I've seen both two or three of them. There's one, yeah, think... there's slight modifications. The most recent one's not that different from the previous one. Yeah, yeah. I um, I like the new Red Band one that they just uh, released a couple of days ago for Logan, uh, just because of the ending there with Patrick Stewart swearing. And anytime that an old person swears, it makes me, it makes me giggle. <laughs> I love it. And especially from somebody like Patrick Stewart that... Because he's done so many PG-related movies for a very long time now, you forget, dude can swear, you know. So when he busts out, uh, when he busts out his, uh, um, I guess uh, every Wolverine movie has to have an f bomb. So I guess, uh, I guess that this time it was Patrick Stewart uh, had to drop the f bomb on this one. So, but that made me as soon as I heard it, I giggled. I was like, <laughs> he's old. I feel like Logan's probably going to have a few F-bombs in it. They've, from the looking at the trailer, they've upped up the edginess as compared to the other Wolverine or X-Men movies. Yeah. They kind of pulled a page out of the Deadpool playbook. Well, totally, because they're going, I think they're going to go full uh, hard R on this one, where before um, you were looking at a PG superhero movie. So... I'm I'm kind of glad that they've done that to give it a little bit more of a, a little bit more of an adult oomph to it. So, I think I'm looking think forward. It was, it was definitely the right way to go. I was very impressed with the bits we get to see of X23. Yes, because as soon as I heard that she was going to be in the Logan movie, that X23 was going to be a big part of this, mm-hmm. I was just paranoid we'd get that booby poster. You know, like flip female version of Wolverine the, where all the boys can fantasize it about. Instead, we get yeah. this like, wicked, hardcore little girl version instead of this like mm-hmm. eye candy version. And I think that's totally the right way to go. And yes. Because it would have just come across tacky if there was Wolverine and girl Wolverine in tight-fitting clothing. and Yeah, yeah. It's very, like, oh, almost like Lolita-y-esque, kind of like, ooh, this is inappropriate. It's his daughter, dude. Don't be yeah. looking at his daughter that way. Well, exactly. It would have just been like, ew. You know? Like, mm. it, it would have come across... It would have been... It would have been dirty. It would have uh, been Trumpy. Yeah. It would have been Trumpy. It would have been. Totally Trumpy. It would have been Trumptastic. <laughs> ew. Oh, so wrong. X-23 yeah. Ivanka. Ew, no. Thanks. No, no, but thank you. <laughs> the trailers were it was great. I thought it was awesome. The newest Red Band. Yeah, I've I've gone from sort of heh, kinda tired of the X Men movies to yeah, I'm gonna go watch this. Yeah. 
And I think the reason why I'm really excited for this one too is not just the hard R, but it looks like they've trimmed down the ensemble. That it's uh, Logan, Xavier, X-23, um, Robot Arm Guy from the Morlocks or whatever it is, or the whatever the uh, mutant group that that, that uh, villain belongs to. And uh, maybe, like, one or two other side characters. And that's perfect. Like, you don't need to get any leaner than that. Like, you don't need a storm or anybody showing up. Uh, not that that would be necessarily a bad thing. But for a nice... Um, this is low, like this is uh, Hugh Jackman's last crack at Wolverine. Let's, let's make it about him and not the, ens- not the ensemble. So let's pare it down to just a few actors and just a few people. This is... This is- his last crack as an X-Men Wolverine. There have been oh, okay. There have been little tidbits surf- circling around the internet recently including little pictures of him with uh Pierce I might be playing Cable Brosnan. Oh yes. And, and <laughs> Deadpool himself that there's a possibility that they could all be in that movie together which could be interesting, but... I think that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I do agree with you with the ensemble thing. Um, after a while, you start start to lose the chemistry between the characters. I think it's one of the things that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy did really well. They had all that chemistry. Something mm-hmm. that a lot of the DC films, i.e. Suicide Squad, didn't do very well. Oh my god! <laughs> that was uh, yeah. I've gone on about that enough for a lifetime now. For our loyal listeners, they know my opinions on Suicide Squad. But yeah, like it, like I, that's the best way to sum it up is that uh, chemistry. That's what really hammered home a lot of these movies. And to have that nice pared down cast, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely going to click. It's definitely going to work. And it kind of even. It's um, Xavier and uh, Logan, and that was kind of a little bit of the pairing at the beginning of the very first, like, Brian Singer X-Men movie, that it was, um, it started out with, yeah, Rogue and uh, Wolverine, but it was a little bit more about Charles and uh, Charles and Wolverine there, I think, too. So it's a nice way to kind of wrap it all uh, up here, but I would definitely love to see more Wolverine and another property, for sure. Yeah, no, I... I think if you can give them little bits to do here and there, it would be fantastic. I think we've seen enough of Wolverine as the front runner of the movie. What else are you going to do with him at this point? But Wolverine thrown into an X-Force film for a little bit or with Deadpool or so forth. Or they could even do the next Deadpool as kind of an X-Force with Wolverine, Mm -hmm. Deadpool, and Cable. So... Either way, uh, it's looking good. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it's looking good. Yeah, and and you brought up a good point. It looked like uh, in both trailers that there was some new material, but not a lot, which makes me hopeful that um, at least on the Marvel side they've learned, um, or even the Fox side or whoever is the studio. Yeah, they learned. You know, don't don't show your entire hand. Don't. Don't tip your hat the entire way and show us everything in the trailer. Um, Doomsday Zod. So <laughs> you want to you want to make sure that you give us just enough. And 
I think that they did. And I think that just that, oh, in the new, in that one moment in the new Red Band trailer where dude looks at his uh, crony and goes, go get the girl. And all you see is the guy run off. He goes in, the girl like looks up from his cereal, and the next thing you hear is gunfire and screams, and she comes out, tosses down the handcuffs. I'm like, that! <laughs> that is why I want to go see that. Well, exactly. And the difference being is DC would have showed you that whole fight in the in the trailer, and yeah. they would have told you explicitly, you know, this guy is definitely the bad guy for this movie. Yeah. I kind of like the idea where you go into a movie going, I don't, don't even know who the villain is yet, but I'm really excited to find out. Yeah. DC doesn't seem to be willing to let you to discover anything during the movie. No. They kind of want to tell you it all in their trailer, but then what's the point of spending 17 or 20 bucks or whatever you're paying to go to the theater to see it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. It's, uh, it's like they don't give anybody credit anymore. They don't. But i got to give credit to Marvel, uh, and especially Guardians of the Galaxy, too, because I, I, I have not gotten enough of that trailer. Like, I'm going back and watching both of them over and over and over again, and I'm convinced that everything that they've shown us in the two trailers just happens in the first five minutes of the movie anyway. And it's like all, like, that's all it is. And then there's so much more coming that I can't wait. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for can't wait for Logan for sure. Well, the the new Guardians trailer makes you feel like that. That's just the like run up to the title sequence before the actual movie comes. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, that's that's sort of the like James Bond intro before the movie actually starts. That's kind of how that trailer feels to me. Is it's here's a little tidbit, and oh yeah, by the way, Baby Groot is awesome, and yeah, we're gonna give you a whole yeah. movie after this, and just psyched for it yeah and chemistry we were discussing chemistry rocket raccoon has infinitely better chemistry with a stick that says i am groot and nothing else than any of the dc characters (laughs) have in the movies you know like yes and it's that even just that relation it's Oh, it's that relationship with Rocket and Groot right at the beginning of that trailer there, where he's like, okay, so this is the death button. Don't push it. Now repeat everything back to me. And it's like a frustrated parent trying to communicate with their two-year-old as to why did you throw that? <laughs> exactly. And it's like, oh, man. <laughs> so I'm just going to use this as my segue right now in terms of parenting and everything because the big discussion tonight is Logan is he going to be a good parent or not and maybe who are some other X-Men or even Marvel candidates maybe who can uh, be pretty good uh, pretty good parent figures and I got to give it to I got to hand it to um, Rocket already just in uh, <laughs> just in the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 trailer where he's just the father figure now to baby Groot love it so much so cute I want a baby Groot Anyway, so, yeah, so let's get rolling with our discussion. So, basically from just what we can grab from the uh, trailers, the Red Band trailer and the uh, first Logan trailer, is that he's going to be basically responsible for X-23, his uh, little girl who probably, how old would you say she is, Mark, about... Eight, nine-ish, maybe? Yeah, somewhere between, like, eight and maybe eleven 
at the upper, you know, like that kind of age. She's sort of yeah. just before she's going to mm-hmm. start turning into a woman. She's just like this little girl who Wolverine has been kind of stuck with. But I, I don't know. I see him doing well mm-hmm. as a parent in his own Wolverine. I mean, in a lot of ways, in a lot of the forms of the X-Men, Wolverine was kind of apparent to the other X-Men. I, a lot of times he was left at the mansion with all the little Jubilees and Iceman and stuff running around under his yeah. charge to begin with. So he's had experience. And and that's what I kind of... Yeah, I kind of went back to that, too. I was looking at some of the old movies uh, tonight. And, yeah, that whole sequence in the X-Men 2 where... Um, they start storming the castle pretty much, and he's the only one there, basically the only adult there helping the kids pretty much, because Xavier's getting uh, kidnapped, um, Scott's getting kidnapped because we all know Cyclops is useless, and <laughs> everybody else is off on other missions, and it's just and it's just Logan like holding the fort, man, and he steps up there, so that's definite positive parenting material there. So I'm going to put that on the plus side for Logan is that uh, when the chips are down, he, uh, he steps up for the kids, you know, he's got a, he's got a very special bond with them. And even going as far back as like X-Men one with uh, rogue and, you know, hitchhiking across uh, to uh, where was it? Alaska or somewhere that she was going. And uh, he's like, yeah, get in the truck. That's fine. Whatever. Urgh. So, begrudgingly, yeah, he's um, he's okay with being a cool parent. So That relationship he has with Rogue in X-Men 1 is really the same relationship he had mm-hmm. with Jubilee in the, the like early 90s X-Men cartoon. If you remember mm-hmm. it, he yeah. sort of helped totally. Jubilee along a lot during that. So, there's that. He's very defensive. He's very kind of Papa Bearish. Um, I do find it interesting in the trailer how you kind of get this generational thing where Xavier's like his dad as much as he's being the dad to X-23. So it's Mm kind of like you see three generations of X-Men or whatever in that trailer. But yeah, no, he's he's a spectacular kind of parent figure in his own way. I mean, he's definitely not the classic sort of it to beaver dad but <laughs> no um he's definitely he's i would put him a little bit more in line with like crocodile hunter dad maybe who's um taking the kids out to see you know the world as it is rather than uh, you know just uh, sheltering them and keeping them keeping them under lock and key and everything although i could picture logan being the kind of dad that if uh, x23 uh, brought somebody home to uh, like to meet the parents kind of thing because they're going out on their first date. I'm sure Wolverine uh, or Logan would be at the door there sharpening the claws, just like, make sure <laughs> she's back by 10. Yeah, Schnick. I can see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Um, <clears throat> there's some other good qualities about him as a parent. Oh, yeah, from the Red Band trailer. Uh, my favorite moment was right at the beginning of it where X-23 is like, um, basically pulling an 11, running into the variety store, grabbing some junk food and trying to get out. But, um, 
then she like the the clerk tries to grab her and she totally is about to slit his throat and he comes in oh what did he say not good or something like that and then as he's leaving he grabs the red hots on the way out i'm like that is awesome (laughs) that is every parent right there because every parent is not perfect every parent is going to steal a red hot whenever they get the opportunity to so i like that he is imperfect as a parent that he's not the ward cleaver like you say yeah. where everything is just like basically eulogized at the end of like the end of the day what did what lesson did you learn today beef so but it's more like you know what kid just try and do the right thing whenever you can and steal some red hots once in a while <laughs> <laughs> well now we know oh, what to expect man. from your kids you know what i'm totally okay with shenanigans and stuff like that like don't like do harm to people or anyone but go out and have fun you know kind of things don't bully people be nice to people um have a great time be a wonderful person but go and go and be silly go and be go and be dumb once in a while without (laughs) without risking lives i guess yeah no you, you have to you can't go through all this without enjoying it so yeah. yeah, you're right. You need to enjoy it. There's time and a place, but yeah, you have to, or else mm. it's already over. Yeah. My question for you, though, is what other X-Men do you see, or Marvels? Who else would be a good parent, and why? Yeah, uh, with what I know about a lot of the characters in the movie. Actually, hold on. To be continued, I'm going to take just a short pause. I'm going to go grab another beer, because I think the beer is helping out. I feel like we should be playing the Benny Hill music or something at this point in time. I just have to say, I haven't had a beer in a long time. I've had a couple recently, but because um, Sarah's been uh, nursing um, Figs, our daughter, she's uh, she hasn't had a lot of opportunities to. So it's kind of like a solidarity thing. It's like, yeah, okay, if you're not going to drink, uh, I won't drink too. But then at New Year's, we got a, uh, we got a 28 of uh, Keith's. Uh, cause we were having company over and nobody drank it. So <laughs> I've got this fridge full of beer for the first time in a long time. And, oh man, it's delicious. Oh, I missed your beer. Mm. I, I have this cupboard in our kitchen that's full of really good bottles of wine right now. Oh yeah. That, but I'm not going to crack a really, like if I crack a $10 bottle of wine to have a glass for myself and go, okay, I can pour the rest out. But like fancy wine that my dad or other people have bought for us as presents, I'm not going to drink one glass and then let the rest go to waste. <laughs> right so it's on. just waiting until after the new little one arrives and I can share it with my wifey. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that'll be, uh, oh, that's going to be so good. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. It'll be delicious. Oh, yeah. There's something about that period uh, when your wife is pregnant and again you're doing the solidarity thing you know if she's not eating um like sushi or something right now then damned if you do too you know if they're not eating processed uh, meats right now because they're concerned for the baby's health then you're not going to be eating processed meats but i remember with uh sarah the one thing that she loves more than more in the world is just a an over, like an egg over easy, like nice and runny uh, yolk kind of thing. And 
because you really shouldn't have like raw eggs or anything like that. She went off eggs, like raw eggs for a while. So we would do fried eggs once in a while, but it's not the same, you know? <laughs> so, so the first thing that we made is, uh, right after Figs was born is I made like a bacon and uh, bacon and egg and toast breakfast for her. So nice. lots of, lots of fried egg. Oh yeah. So, and like, it never tasted so good like at that moment. <laughs> so yeah, so that wine is going to taste like gold, man, I tell you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Can't wait. It is it is kind of funny though cuz we like love having people over for for dinner and we're having a couple over next weekend. Right. And I'll be drinking wine with them, but I'll feel guilty about it. While tears while tears is watching me drink wine. It's I don't know. Oh, I've man. never been one to feel guilty about much in life. <laughs> there's, there's something interesting about the partnership bond that makes you kind of experience those feelings when you never really had them before. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, there's something about a baby that changes everything and just uh, just twists that perspective around, I tell you. So. Yeah, it's the, that whole parenting. Oh my god! It's, oh, it's cold beer too. I love it. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> well, well, please don't. That's just embarrassing. No, it's not. If Kevin Smith can cry. I can cry. If Kevin Smith wants to sponsor a podcast, and listen to a fat other white bearded guy cry into his beer, I would love it. Please. And he can cry while he's writing a big check. Mm-hmm. Oh, please. If Kevin Smith's tears want to sponsor a podcast, I would be all for that. Oh, man. So anyway, um, okay, so Marvel heroes, people, individuals that uh, that would be good parents. Um, yeah, so I'll stand by Rocket still. He he looks like he's Tony Starking it up uh, a little bit by taking Groot under his wing. And then you know what? I would be really... Um, Tony Stark, I would, I think I would put Tony Stark um, uh, in the ring, just as like a, let, let's let see what this guy can do with Peter Parker and his whole budding relationship with him coming up, because I think that could be really good. I'm I'm curious about that one. I've, I'm not sure how it's going to be. I, mm. From seeing the commercial, or the commercial, the trailer for it, it's like, huh. Maybe to me, you're throwing Tony Stark into this Spider-Man movie. Like, is you're you're not confident enough in Spider-Man to carry his own movie? Is that what it is? Maybe, yeah, yeah maybe. But I, I agree with you. The parenting there could be interesting. Yeah, like, because um, like there is the moment in that one trailer where it looks like um, Peter's like pretty roughed up and like beat up, black eyes cut, and everything. And it would be interesting to see what Tony does. Like when that happens, because we already know he's got a bit of a he's got a bit of a uh, a guilty conscience to him right now, and uh, uh, especially in the Civil War there, uh, where the one mom like basically like was like, yeah, you guys think you're saving people? Well, what about my son? He died that day when you saved the world, and it was all your fault, kind of thing. And Tony's like, oh, sad Hulk music. And, uh, you know, that he's got like that, almost like that parent level of guilt right now, that if something happens to Peter, he's going to be a mess, I think. So I would, I would say maybe Tony Stark on his, on his way 
but um, don't ask him to change diapers kind of thing. No, but that's and, what he has secretaries and uh, the robot brain thing for, which I can never yeah. remember his name. Yeah. Oh, um... Jarvis. Yeah, Jarvis, yeah. Go yeah. Uh, go change the kid's diaper for me. We can thank Tirza for that one. Tirza threw out the Jarvis. That's why I'm such a happy man. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you done well. <laughs> but, uh, oh, awesome. Tony's one. Marvel yeah. people who could be... See, Cyclops, but he'd be that dad you hated having. Yeah. Because he would, like, keep you on the straight and narrow. And when you, like, tried out for the football team, if you weren't, like, the starting quarterback, you know that would never be good enough for him. You know what I mean? Like, he'd be that. Yeah, I, yeah he would be the one. Uh, yeah, a little too strict. Um, and then you have, like, your first house party, and he's... He's disappointed in you, son. Kind of thing. How like, can I, I ever think... trust you again? And all yeah. that. Yeah. He's too straight and narrow. He's too. Uh, where Where would you put Scott on? Uh, where would you put Cyclops on the D and D alignment chart? Would he be uh, lawful neutral, maybe, or good no, lawful Scott... too much? Scott Summers would be lawful good with extra lawful tendencies. Yeah. But he also has, like, a tendency to do, like, this whiny rage quit thing sometimes. Yes! <laughs> so he's, like, he's like lawful good with lawful tendencies and this, like, underlying chaotic whiny spirit. Yes, I And agree. I think that's why almost everybody who likes the X-Men hates Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Uh, you give Paladins a bad name, buddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here's a just put forth beast as a good parenting. Ooh, let's let's explore that one. Um, yes, I would say he would. He would probably be pretty close to having uh, almost like Bill Nye, the science guide, uh, the science guy, and um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. If you wrap them all up into one and put a blue carpet on them, I feel that's <laughs> what I feel that's what the kind of parent figure he would be like. Because he would be awesome and totally open and accepting and uh, nurturing, too. Yeah. Um, and he would definitely be the guy who, like, he'd have a thousand really good ideas for your fourth grade science project. Yes. <laughs> and while you were trying to make your volcano erupt, he would be as totally into doing that as mm. you would. So there'd be, like, this encouragement factor. Yeah. It's actually a really good suggestion. Thank you, yeah. wifey, for that awesome suggestion. Uh, yes. Um, would there be a downside to having him as a parent, though? He's kind of blue. Yeah. A walking carpet. That'd mm -hmm. be a little weird. He'd be a little. Um, he'd be. He might be a little too intellectual to relate to sometimes, especially, especially if you are like the middle achiever. You know, like you're good, but you're not like genius level. But um, you know, you're not. Um, basically smoking dope and uh, running your life into the ground, you know, kind of thing. Um, he also wouldn't get you... Smoking dope for all those listeners out there. Anyway. He, he also wouldn't get you if you were sort of the athletic kid. Yeah. So if you were like, if you, I don't know if he'd get, like, the football player. I don't know Maybe. if he, he might have trouble with that. Mm -hmm. He might, uh, yeah, it might just be sometimes he might just be too trapped in his own... 
uh, intellectuality to relate to his own children sometimes. Did you ever see that episode of Voyager where the doctor programmed uh, almost like a Sims family for himself on the holodeck to try and figure out what it would be like to have a family? Okay, number one, I won't admit to having ever watched any Voyager, but I may actually have some (laughs) recollection of what you were talking about from a past life or something. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like um, that's maybe what Beast's life would be like, is that it would be so intellectual that his perfect family would almost be Leave It to Beaver-esque. And that's what the doctor in Voyager, his family, his fake Sim family was like. And then Tom Paris found it, and he was like, dude, that's BS. That is not the way a family is. And he totally reprogrammed it on the doctor so that his teenage son was now very angsty. His daughter was dating, like, a Klingon or something like that. And, like, his wife um, may or may not have... um, uh, been some not cheating on him or whatever, but maybe just kind of like unhappy with the marriage kind of thing. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's kind of what I see like maybe Beast's life being like is that if, as a dad, maybe if he couldn't connect emotionally to like how dynamic and how different like these types of people could be, I could see his family, like I could see him being a dad being awesome, but also at the same time being very difficult sometimes. Yeah. Because he just doesn't get the kids. Especially if you're the the jock. Maybe. Yeah, it's possible. All right, who else? Um, Oh, I had one just a minute ago. Um, Well, Xavier... Gambit? Yeah. Um, Gambit would totally be getting the kid drunk in some tavern. Yeah. New Orleans to the, like, shady part of town. I can see it starting out as, oh, no, 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 that's not my kid. He's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how it would start. Prove yeah, it. You I don't know, know what you're talking mean. about, Sherry. He's not mine. Yeah. He would totally be that, like, no, no thanks. Mm. Yeah, but um, would there be anything good? Um, you know but, what? That being said, when you were, like, 18 and your gambit your daddy wanted to take you to the shady bar in the sketchy part of New Orleans it would suddenly be kind of awesome instead of kind of terrible you know what I mean? It would be kind of awesome. (laughs) So he would be an awful early stages parent but a really fun late stages parent and he is yeah, he is very loyal. I mean that's one of the things with most of the X-Men they're all very loyal they're all very in their own way, caring and compassionate. I mean, look at the lengths he Gambit goes to for Rogue, and especially during the animated series and stuff like yeah. that. He is the atypical devoted in those sorts of situations and so forth. So yeah, he could totally fit that trope, like you said, just like the uh, the resistant and reticent to it at first, but you kind of win him over over time. And then the next thing you know, you're you're clearing out a bar in a bar fight and everything, <laughs> and you're like mopping up your teeth off the floor, and you're like, you know what, this is pretty good for what yeah. we got, Dad. <laughs> like a very oh, I could see this being a total like uh, boy named Sue kind of like moment. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Totally see that. Oh man. 
Right, Another one who um, I think would be yeah, Xavier. You could do, but we know he's eh, you know parent material. He's not the best. You know, as good as he can be, sometimes there are times where it's like, dude, you're you're trying to do you're trying to do what's best, and you're totally dropping the ball. Like every parent, I'm sure has at every point in their parenthoodness <laughs> is that um, we try and do something, we think we're doing it right, and we're totally doing it wrong. You know, so maybe yeah. he could be good. Maybe I think so. One that I really think would be an awesome parent, and I actually thought of this when we discussed what our topic was going to be earlier. This was the first guy that came to my mind: it's Nightcrawler. Ooh, okay. He's why? always <laughs> why? Okay, one. He's always felt like the outsider and needed to belong, so he's mm-hmm. very much willing to let anybody belong. Yeah. Right? He's he's totally he's not judging anybody. I mean, if you look like Nightcrawler, you're not going to be judging too many people. You know, like mm-hmm. he's a very non judgmental yeah. character. And the whole religious yeah. side to him, he's very much holds family and closeness and compassion for other people as yes. in his very important values. Oh, good points. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that being said, with his character, I can't remember. I'm sure Spears, if he were available, could point out somewhere where I'm wrong when it comes to the comic here. <laughs> but I can't remember too many instances where Nightcrawler was, like, overtly bad to anyone. Unless he had to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my knowledge of Nightcrawler limited to... The animated series, the movies, yeah, and he always seemed like the he always seemed like the good soul, the good spirit kind of person. So yeah, yeah. I don't know if he ever actually um, overtly or just went out of his way to do harm to somebody because that would totally be that would totally be counter to his character. So again, that could be even something that like uh, again is like a from a parenting point of view where you've got the uh, ultra ultra compassionate parent that never teaches their child how to defend themselves or how to stick up for themselves because it's always turn the other cheek you know kind of idea and mentality but you know there are there are knives and things out in the world here and there are people that are going to come at you so learn to either run or learn to you know, defend yourself in a way that you're not going to necessarily put the person in the hospital, but you're not going to get taken advantage of. So, and especially from, like, if he had a daughter, too, like, what, would he just try and teach her, like, turn the other cheek idea, or, you know, sign her up for some karate lessons, you know, put her in the danger room once a week? Good questions. All right, you're up. Pick one. All right. Um... All right, let's do one for let's do one for fun here. Um, let's go with uh, Bruce Banner uh, and the Hulk, one and the same. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, right off the bat, um, this would be um, very, very. I think he would be I find it very, very hard to be a parent, um, just because like the smallest thing could basically destroy the house. Um, like seriously, uh, I know that kids don't do things to be mean. They don't do things out of spite or whatever. They're still young. They're still learning. They're still figuring out their way in the world. 
But seriously, dude, why did you just spray ketchup up and down the fridge? <laughs> well, God forbid you get an F on your science homework. Oh, man. <laughs> With Bruce Banner as your father, do not screw up your science homework. <laughs> Brand new bike? Not so much. Hulk smash. <laughs> uh, that could be, yeah, that could be really bad. But what are the, the good, again, um compassionate individual very smart very wise but again because he would be the kind of father that would foster um i would say very like uh, an unhealthy emotional upbringing because you're never allowed to be angry about anything you know and kids yeah. need to be angry they need to they need to they they need to vent and i couldn't imagine um what it would be like for for like a kid to like grow up in a household that you just you can't fly off the handle and be angry. Yeah, no, I see that. So I would say Bruce Banner, um, some good points, but I don't know if it could work. No, less than know. optimal for sure. Yeah, for sure. He would he would definitely need to co-parent. Oh, okay, here we go. Um, three men and a little lady. Uh, remember the movie like way back in the day, Ted Danson. Okay, pick. Let's pick three Marvel superheroes that are living together. Like let's say either the X Mansion, uh, Avengers headquarters, wherever. Three uh, three Marvel characters are are living somewhere. Doorbell rings and uh, there's a baby on the front Porsche that they now have to raise. Who are the three parents that the new like foster parents of this baby? And what's going to happen here? All right, um, that's tricky. Oh. That's okay. tricky. Mm -hmm. So let's start off with um, let's start off with an adventure. Let's start off with Captain America. Okay, so out of time, out of place, you know, he's like every, he's like every dad to begin with that is just totally out of touch with the youth of today. Um, let's start off with him and then, uh, okay, now you pick one and <laughs> let's throw it in there. Let's see. Good. Like, okay. So we got Captain America. Who can I really throw a wrench in? You need that wild comical off the hook. Hmm. I'm going to throw a Deadpool. Okay. Yes. Okay, so we got Captain America, Deadpool, and uh, ask your ask your wife, see what she says. Okay, hold on, Tirza. Okay, three men and a little lady. You remember that movie with like Ted Danson and Steve Gutenberg and the other uh, Magnum PI? Okay, <laughs> so you have three, those three, but you have to pick Marvel characters, and so far we have Captain America, who's the straight man. We have Deadpool, who will see off the cuff, and we need a third. Tony Stark, you need a rich guy. She's nice. <laughs> he's got a nice. bad growing. This is, and people, like, there's no question why I married this woman. That is amazing. That was yeah. perfect. Okay. Um, by the way, um, this copyright. This badly. This totally does. But anyway, copyright uh, uh, Aaron and Mark uh, 2017. Uh, Stan Lee, if you want to buy this, if you want to sponsor the <laughs> podcast, here we go. Um, 
I see this as a one-off comic book for sure because that would be awesome. It's just like kind of like it already fits together as a story because you're, of course, you're going to have Stark and Captain America together again eventually. You know, after the Infinity War, they're going to be well, like, this, hey, this buddy, is, they, they make up, they like kiss and make up, and you know, yeah, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like. Okay, so we'll start this at the end of Infinity War. Uh, they wake up, and, like, they've had a few drinks that night. They wake up, and Deadpool's in the hot tub already, you know. So it's like, <laughs> guys, what's up? <laughs> Did you hear? I just signed a major deal with Marvel. <laughs> yeah, well, so now I, can jump, I can jump right to the end of the film, because the last line of oh, the yeah? film is Deadpool looking right at the camera and saying, why don't you two just get over it? You're totally gay for each other. Get down. <laughs> That's how the movie has to end. Because, well, Deadpool. Yeah, totally Deadpool. Oh. <laughs> but can you just picture the trials and tribulations of, like, that poor little girl as she's raised through... Like, you'd have to sort of take it from age zero to, like, high school or something. Mm-hmm. And just, like them fawning over her as a little girl and, you know, Deadpool taking her to the zoo where they actually go into, like, the lion pen and things like yeah. that. <laughs> or, and, like, Tony Stark taking her shopping down all these, like, expensive boutiques and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yep. And then Captain America's making her eat her Wheaties or something every morning. Yes! Oh, my God. This, like, this just plays out perfectly. That, because uh, you know that sometimes Tony's going to totally be on Deadpool's side, you know, and then there are going to be times too where it's like, okay, our, 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 okay, all right, Steve, I got your back on this one. Okay, fine. Kind of thing. So. <laughs> the inevitable scene where Deadpool takes her to the bar to try and pick up women. Mm-hmm. And then. Dad, I'm not, Dad, I'm not a lesbian. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, and then, of course, Tony and Captain America show up. To be like, hey, you can't take our seven-year-old to the bar. And then they end up dragging her out, but Tony Stark's still in the bar trying to pick up women at the end. Yeah, That's yeah. Kind of the funny moment. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what would we call this? We would call this... <laughs> we'll come up with a title later on. Stanley, that's your job. Get on that. Yeah. We need a title. <laughs> that, that has to be a movie. Oh, my God. We could totally do this as, like, a one-off, just, like... Remember, like, back in the day, they used to do the what-ifs? Like, what if Wolverine became, like, the king of the vampires or something like that? Exactly. Well, like, totally, pirate Batman totally and stuff do... like that. Exactly. You know? Like, <laughs> Frankenstein, Superman. Um, but you could totally do, like, what if Tony Stark, Deadpool, and Steve Rogers found a baby and adopted it? Yeah. My three dads. <laughs> My three Did super you, dads. Did you ever see the episode of um, How I Met Your Mother? Where Barney and Ted thought about adopting a kid together? No. Oh, if no, you have a chance, it's hilarious. They, they at the end, they decide, yeah, no bad idea. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, the whole idea of two dudes. I think it's a great movie. I think we should push for this. Anybody on Ryan Reynolds' Twitter? Because I think he'd be all over it. Oh man, for sure. I want to totally just like throw that out his way, and we'll see see if he bites. Can uh, can we get uh, Steve Gutenberg, Ted Danson, and Magnum PI? Why can't and I remember? His name? Tom Selleck. Thank you, Tom Selleck. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love that you call him Magnum P.I. I just call him Magnum P.I. I used to watch that show religiously when I was a kid. I still want a Ferrari 308. Oh, yeah. I just want to live in Hawaii. You know. I, I wouldn't mind a butler named Higgins either, actually. <laughs> yeah. <kinda> cool. <laughs> oh, man. Just trying to picture you with the stash, though. Um, I don't know. I don't no, know. The, the scraggly man beard works better for me, I think, than the than the Magnum stash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've yeah. got facial disapproval from my wife. <laughs> 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 made a face oh, like she was eating a rotten lime. It was kind of funny. So, yeah, no oh. Magnum mustache for me. Yeah. Oh, boo. <laughs> oh, man. What about the shorts, sweetie? <laughs> okay, no, not the shorts. She'd rather see me naked. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you can edit that part out. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, ouch. Okay, so we're going to be inviting Tirza back more often because you this need, is awesome. You need a second microphone for our <laughs> Tirza needs to be a guest apparently. <laughs> yeah, I got so many, I got a couple here I can throw your way, so <laughs> we'll work out the details. Um, I think she's basically letting you know that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, probably not. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, this has uh, no, this has star material all over. I think it. it sounds fantastic. I would pay money for this. I would pay really like and they the do Spider is, Gwen already, so why can't we just like play around with the stories a little bit? You know, the thing is that. though, the current actors are the perfect people to put in. You know what I mean? Like the current yeah. Steve Rogers is perfect. The current Tony is perfect. The current Wade is perfect to put yeah. in that kind of abjectly silly film because. If you took them out as superheroes and just put Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, and Ryan Reynolds in there, they're all perfect just even as themselves. Well, exactly. Like, like it would I think be so good. come up with the best film idea of 2017. I think so. It's and definitely I, it, better than anything DC's going to put out this year. Oh. No, I don't know. Um, I have high hopes for Wonder Woman because every time I see that, and sex appeal factor aside. Um, <laughs> that... Way to take the high road, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I, I have high hopes for that movie. That one looks good. It, it looks does. really good. Um, it's, yeah. I've got DC-itis about it because I watched the trailer. I'm like, oh, this could be not, not terrible. I know. And then I start going... But, but you Suicide had moments Squad where you thought that. Suicide Squad was going to be good, <laughs> no. uh, and then you kind of wanted to unrent it after you saw it. Oh God, you rented it? Oh. We rented it off the PlayStation Store, so like oh, five bucks or whatever. Still, but, um, there's five bucks like, in two no, hours of your life you'll never get back. Margaret Robbie was good. Yeah, she was, and, and they really just... should have just made it a Harley Quinn movie. Yeah, so, so it'll maybe be interesting. The, Gotham City Sirens will be okay. Yeah. Um, again, well, we'll see because um, was it Jeff Johns is taking the lead on a lot of the production now, or a lot of the producing now. So, but still, oh, it's this mentality of um, filmmaking by committee that's just dragging it down. Like, oh my god, frustrating. Anyway. <laughs> I know as a DC guy, this has been killing you for years. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm dying here. It's come on. Throw us throw us a bone. Throw us okay. a bone. How, how do you think I feel? I'm really like an image 
kind of guy, and all I got was that Spawn movie. Oh, uh, you know what? John Leguizamo in that movie was... It was amazing. He was pound for pound the best clown that you could get. Yeah. I feel. Because, um, like, even just, like, thinking about it now, because they're all talking about bringing Spawn back, um, who would you get to play him? And I still keep coming. I would say give Leguizamo another crack at the back. Because wasn't he in... Um, wasn't he doing, like, a bit role in John Wick? Kind of... Um, as like, the, so. as, like, the seedy character again. It's like, give that dude a crack. But he was definitely the best part of that movie. Mm. By a long shot. By, like, mm. an epic long shot. He was the best part of that movie. And Spawn isn't that hard to cast. Because he doesn't really talk a lot. No. <laughs> and most of what he does say is, like, internal monologue. So you could just have it voiced by James Earl Jones or something like that. Oh, uh. Give it to um, Cumberbatch. Take the take the British accent out. Kind of get him to take it down to that con kind of like timber. American all oh, that would be perfect. <laughs> From the Hobbit. Yeah, American Cumber American Cumberbatch. Uh, yeah, Doctor Strange Cumberbatch. Yeah. I haven't Cumberbatch. seen Doctor Strange yet. I'm a failure. Neither have I. So. Um, Everybody yeah. told me it was amazing, so... Yeah. I finally got Rogue One out of the way, and I was happy as... Oh, it, happy as anything. It might be my favorite Star Wars movie now. I can understand that, because... Oh, it just... Oh, just it's, when it's it up there ends, I just want to start Episode 4, like, right then and there. Well, like, when, when I saw it, me and Tirza went to see it on... The Tuesday after Christmas, right. which was actually the day that Carrie Fisher died. Oh, so we no. had just found out earlier that day about her passing, and then we were actually going to go see the the new Harry Potter one, the yeah Fantastic Beasts, oh, the, which is also which is also yeah, really yeah. good. But um, it was sold out, so we're like, oh, we can get into Rogue One. It's a little bit earlier, but so we went to Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And, like, we both basically cried at the end when we saw, like, young Carrie Fisher. And I was like, oh, no, one of my heroes yeah. is gone. Like, hers was, for me as a Star Wars nut, hers was probably the worst of them all yeah. for 2016. Yeah, I agree. Because that's the, like, from like for me, that was, like, one of the very first, like, heroes that I'll always remember. Let's and... be honest. We're both red-blooded males not gonna lie probably our first crush uh actually no i know exactly who my first superhero crush was really this will be interesting it's it's a toss-up between linda carter's wonder woman Uh, see where i'm going here (laughs) and um do you remember willow remember the movie willow oh sorcia yes (laughs) yes i remember willow but more importantly i remember sorcia yeah Something about, like, she had that Red Sonja vibe going on, but she wasn't Red Sonja, so... She was less... Red Sonja always was very Schwarzenegger-y to me. Yeah. She was a very butchy kind of... Whereas Sorsha wasn't. Sorsha was just a badass feminine woman. Yes. Yeah, no, I totally get you there. And the red curly hair. Something about the red curly hair, too. Yeah. No, you're right. Red curly oh. hair. I've been trying to get my wife to dye hers for years. 
<laughs> I just got a head shake. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry if I'm putting you in the doghouse tonight. No, I have, don't worry. I put myself in the doghouse plenty easily enough. No, I, I get that. Sorsha. Another mm. early one for me, though, was Daisy Duke. Yes, she was up there, too. But I think but, that was for every every kid. But I think it weirded me out, though, because they, like, Bo and Luke were cousins, and they would always, like, kind of, like, insinuate, like, some like, sort of, like, sexual innuendo there. And, like, even as a kid, I was kind of like, mm, no, that's your cousin, dude. Yeah, that's and a it, little it weird. Just, and it just kind of, like, took the fantasy down a little bit. But but Wonder Woman, yeah, and, uh, yeah, Sorsha, I tell you. No, no, those are definitely, definitely yeah. good options. I actually mm-hmm. saw Willow for the first time. I think it came out in like '88. Yep, '88, '89, yeah, around there. And when I saw it the first time, I was living in Australia with my family for the year, and we saw it at a drive-in. So, like, my first ever Willow experience was on that enormous screen, sitting in this car in Australia. It's pretty nice. awesome. Yeah. Nice. And ever wow. since then, I've been a huge fan of Mad Mardigan. Yes, oh. <laughs> dude, uh, it's so it hurts my heart a little bit to see Val Kilmer now and how much he's kind of like let himself go. Yeah, like, uh, although I, dude, he used to juggle swords. Yeah, I know he totally juggled swords. It was awesome, but he was never as cool in anything else as he was as Mad Martigan. Yeah, and then to like think about it. He, he basically went from like this warrior to being like, here you are. And now you're like basically a King and here's your pseudo daughter kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like him as a dad. Oh my God. Here, you know, like kind of like, here we go. So, um, I don't know if I could see him as a dad. Parenting rule. Number one, do not give the baby black root. Yep. (laughs) Right. You don't give the baby black root. Is there milk in there? It's for the baby. <laughs> oh, it's still milk for the baby. You totally did. Totally drank the baby's milk. You That's what awesome. every parent needs. Awesome. Two little brownies to help them through the parenting journey. For sure. Uh, house brownies would be so easy. They could clean the floor. They would be able to take care of the kid, burp them. Oh, That's my God, change me. the diapers. We, we actually have a house fairy, by the way. Do you really? We have... Uh, my sister suggested it to me. It, my daughter got a fairy door for Christmas. Cool. Which is this tiny little wooden door that came from Ireland or something like that. Yeah. And you like write little notes from the fairy. So the fairy leaves little notes for the kid. But the fairy only does that if the kids are good. Right. So right. this is like a year-round like elf on the shelf kind of thing that you got? Kind of, but they nice. never see the fairy. <laughs> like if the kid climbs up the the on top of the fridge or whatever, they can find out that the elf on the shelf is BS pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're never gonna see the fairy. Nice. It's brilliant. That is brilliant. That is yeah. a parenting win. So maybe we'll leave it at that for all our listeners. What are some of your parenting wins? What are some of the things that you have done that totally secure your title as parent of the year? And who were your favorite uh, superheroes that maybe you think 
deserve the nod for awesome superhero parent and have what it takes. And if you want to buy tickets to our Three Men and a Little Lady remake with uh, Tony Stark, uh, Steve Rogers, and Wade Wilson, we'll be selling uh, tickets. Uh, you can uh, find them here at uh, www.geekswithkids.com. CA. You can also track us down on Facebook, on the Twitters, on iTunes. You can track us down on Google Play Store, uh, Shout Engine. Uh, you can find us all over the web. We've got our YouTube channel up and running now. So, yeah. Mark, thank you so much for uh, coming in tonight. This was awesome. I, no problem. I had a blast. Yeah, yeah I, I think we got to do this uh, a little bit more. More often, more beers, more uh, shenanigans, and more hashing out some uh, some great movie scripts and some movie ideas here to take the pain away of the reality of a Trump presidency. Oh. <laughs> four more years of saying that. Hopefully four only more four years. more years of saying that. Three years, 364 days and counting. Oh. And on that note, again, Mark, thanks so much for coming in. This is awesome. Yep, thank you very much. All right, Geese with Kids, I'm Aaron, and uh, Eric, uh, hopefully the battle with uh, Nap, uh, or sorry, with Night Times is going well. Uh, stay strong, brother Spears. We'll see you soon. Have a good one, ladies and gentlemen. Bajram. Good night.